0: to this episode of Everything Under the Sun, which is supported by Toucan Box. Toucan boxes are brilliant boxes full of fun you can get in the post each month. Inside are two crafts you can make, so they're perfect for rainy lockdown afternoons. I've tried out a toucan box with my son and in our box there was a dream catcher and a gingerbread house and we tried another one which had a little greenhouse in it and it was really fun making it because all the bits that we needed to make the crafts in the toucan box were there so I didn't need to go out and buy anything it was all there and really really fun and easy to put together. So, great thing to do if you're looking for stuff to do while we're all at home homeschooling. If you'd like to try one, which I totally recommend, you can just go to toucanbox.com, pick the two crafts you like to go into your bespoke box, and then use the code SUN, S-U-N, to get 50% off. So, go and have a look. I think you'll really like them. And now, it's time for the show. Hello! Welcome to episode eight of the second series of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on earth. Just in case anyone is new to the show, my name is Molly. I am the original elf on a TV show called QI, which your parents might watch, and I wrote questions for the show for 12 years. For all the years, a very clever man called Stephen Fry was the host. When I had children of my own, I wanted to make something interesting for them. So I created the podcast, Everything Under the Sun. Today, we're talking about skateboards, hoverboards and craps. And our first question, which is about craps, comes from Leo. Over to Leo. Hello, Molly. My name is Leo. I'm five years old and... I live in Bristol. I like dinosaurs and Lego. My question is, why do crabs walk sideways? Thank you. Thanks, Leo, for sending in your excellent question, why do crabs walk sideways? Well, have a look at your knees as you bend and stretch your leg. As you can see, your knees bend so your legs go forwards and backwards. So we can step in those directions, forwards and backwards. But crabs have legs on the side of their bodies and their knees bend outwards, so they can only move sideways. Why would crabs over the hundreds and thousands of years have come up with a body like that? While crabs need to be able to hide under the sand easily, they're often disappearing out of sight by burrowing sideways under rocks and sand and have long bodies that make this easy to do. Going sideways is probably helpful for them. It makes it easier for them to burrow quickly into the sand and get away from things that are trying to eat them. They don't need to be able to walk or run quickly as they don't hunt. They eat leftover things rather than catching their own things. So being able to hide is the thing they really need to do so that they aren't eaten themselves. And their bodies and legs are designed to do this the best way, including walking sideways. There are, however, some crabs that go backwards and forwards, and even a few that can swim. There's a species of crab that has the last pair of legs flattened into swimming paddles to help them move through the water. We talked a lot about crabs in an earlier episode of Everything Under the Sun, where we answered a question from Caleb, which was, how big can giant crabs get to? We talked about the coconut crab, which is the largest crab on the earth, and the Japanese spider crab, which is the largest in the sea. Amazingly, its leg span is so wide that it's as wide as a giraffe is tall. Incredible. So scroll back and listen to that episode if you want to find out more about crabs. Other creatures move in all kinds of ways, from running, swimming, jumping, hopping, gliding, flying, rolling, and even riding on other animals. There are some creatures that sail, some jellyfish. There's a jellyfish called Velella, V-E-L-A-L-L-A, if you want to look it up, which has a little sail it sticks up made of its own body, which catches the wind and turns its whole body into a sort of jellyfish boat and sails downwind down the water. Isn't that amazing? I hope that answers your question, Leo. Now, I have a competition this week to tell you about. It's to win a Toucan Box. This week, Everything Under the Sun is sponsored by Toucan Box, and they're something we have at home and we love. They come filled with all the parts you need to make two crafts at home, from rockets to a greenhouse, dream catchers, all kinds of things you can make in a toucan box and if you'd like to win one to try one out all you have to do is do an impression of crabs clicking their claws together so what you do is you ask an adult to borrow their phone say you'd like to enter the competition to win a toucan box and then record yourself saying your name your age and do an impression of a crab clicking its claws Yay! i can't wait to hear all of your crab impressions right on with the show Our next question is about something that helps humans go sideways. It's about skateboards and it comes from Dragon. Hi, Dragon. Hi, I'm Dragon. I'm from Aurora, Colorado. I'm six and I like my mom. My question is, how did people invent skateboards? Thank you, Dragon, for your brilliant question. To answer it for you, here is Paul Schmidt, aka The Professor. Paul Schmidt has been making skateboards for nearly 30 years. He has made millions of skateboards. His companies make more than 4,000 skateboards a day, 200 per hour, and nearly three per minute. That's a lot about skateboards. He knows so much about skateboards and is so respected in the skater world that he's nicknamed Professor Schmidt. Over to the Professor.
1: So I understand you're curious, how did we get a skateboard? Well, I'm sort of an authority. I started making them at age 14 and still running at them today. So we got the skateboard from the roller skate, right? Cause one thing added to something else makes something else, right? So we see the steel wheels. We can see the straps and slide your foot and shoe in there and have one on each foot and cruise down the street. Now I was rattling on those metal wheels, right? Hell, The boys took the girls' roller skates and they decided to to take them apart and build a scooter, right? So so then we got the skate crate, right? So so here's a crate here, notice at the bottom of it has that same roller skate on it, right? At both ends. So somebody took it apart put it on a two by four, right? They used a crate to build it really DIY maker style, right? Handle, maybe riding this thing up and down the street, you know, but then sometimes they might crash and break the handle off and what do they do then? Oh, they just start to ride a board without a crate, right? And it sort of got to be known as a skateboard. Well, roller derby, the roller skate company sort of recognized that. They came out with the roller derby number 10. This is the world's first commercial skateboard from 1959. You see the metal wheels just like the just like the roller skate, the trucks, right? So that's how it got started. So a couple years later, they got things refined. They got the roller derby deluxe number 20 here. And now it's got clay wheels on it. Little better bearings to it, but they're still open ball bearings, but we got trucks to turn like a modern skateboard truck does. So it's pretty cool, right? As progress happens, the skateboard sort of sits idle till we get to the seventies and the space age comes about and they invent polyurethane and they make wheels out of polyurethane. Now these wheels can roll over anything. Now this has ball bearings in it, This board is fiberglass, it's a bane. And it's sort of like, this is an example of the collision in between surfing and skateboarding, right? The surfers made the board, people made the roller skates and they turned it into a skateboard. So then a couple years later, we have pro skateboards. Here's a GNS Stacey Peralta Warp Tail 2 board. I rode one of these when I was a kid. It's got full tracks on it with green kryptonics. So check it out, you know, the trucks churn, you know, things are getting better here. Then as we got into eighties, The skateboard's got wider and bigger, right? So this is a board, you can see it's a lot wider, a lot bigger, big trucks, big wheels, got rails on it for grabbing for airs and for sliders and stuff, you know, pretty cool. And then the last major progression really becomes in the mid nineties. So the last 25 years, a skateboard has looked very similar. So here's a board that's eight inches wide. It's got a kick tail on each end, so it's got the leverage and the mechanics to do the tricks we do today. You see the trucks churn, you know, the wheels around, they roll, you know. It's a lot of fun. So, this is basically the skateboard. And there's a real quick summary of how we got to where we are today.
0: Thanks so much for your amazing answer, Professor Schmidt. I hope that answers your question, Dragon, and maybe you'll invent a super fun skateboard of your own. If you wanna see Professor Schmidt, answering the question in a video with all the things that he's talking about you can go to our socials at everything under the sun pod on instagram and at everything uts on twitter our last question is about hoverboards and it comes from cecily hi cecily my name is cecily i'm 10 years old I like Lego, Rubik's Cubes, video games, and World War aircrafts. My question is, how come we can invent aeroplanes but we can't invent hoverboards? Thanks. Bye. Hi Cecily, thanks for your excellent question. To answer it for you, I have Doug Millard who works at the Science Museum in London looking after aeroplanes and all kinds of other fun inventions. Over to Doug.
2: Hello, my name is Doug Millard. I work at the Science Museum. I have a pretty weird job title. It's called Deputy Keeper Technologies and Engineering. But what that means is that one of the collections I look after involves aeroplanes. includes lots of aircraft and things like that. Now, hoverboards, they fly through the air, or at least they're meant to. And you ask why they haven't been invented yet. Well, in some respects, they have. In the summer of 2019, there was a French inventor who actually flew a hoverboard of sorts across the English Channel. So you could say that they already exist. The problem is, though, that they're very expensive. I don't know how much his would have cost to make, but I'm sure it was a lot of money. So at the moment, hoverboards are possible, but they are just far too expensive to make for most people. So maybe in the future they'll become cheaper, and then we can all have one and whiz around town on our own private hoverboard.
0: Thanks, Doug, for answering Cecily's question about hoverboards. The French inventor who Doug mentioned, who flew across the channel, was called Frankie Zapata, and he flew on a jet-powered hoverboard he called his flyboard. He set off from northern France at 6.17 in the morning and flew 22 miles across the channel to St Margaret's Bay near Dover in England. He was followed by three helicopters for safety, and his ride took him 22 minutes. He flew on his hoverboard about 20 metres above the water. His hoverboard was powered by a backpack full of fuel and he had to stop halfway along the journey to refuel. He said the hardest part about the trip was the wind. His boots are obviously attached to the hoverboard so his whole body had to fly into the wind and resist it so he didn't push him over. He had to shift his body position around to change direction and he used lots of core strength to keep upright and moving into the wind. He said it hurt his legs quite a lot, but he tried not to think about the pain and focused on his flight, which he completed successfully. Zapata is working on ideas for a flying car and wants to use his hoverboard to fly way higher, maybe with a parachute and even an oxygen tank. Hoverboards get their name from a book, which has turned into a really popular film called Back to the Future. The main character in Back to the Future, the film, Marty McFly, blew his hoverboard sideways like a skateboard. Zapata, however, flew his forwards in the air across the channel. I hope that answers your questions, Cecily, and thanks for sending it in. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to the wonderful Professor Schmidt for talking to us about the invention of skateboards and Doug Millard from the Science Museum for telling us about hoverboards. And a big thank you to Dragon, Cecily and Leo for this week's questions. A big thank you to Ash Gardner at House of Strange for the theme song and Audio Networks for all the lovely incidental music we used this week. If you have a question you would like answered on the show, all you have to do is ask an adult to record you asking it. Ask them to use a smartphone. Open the voice recording app and record you asking your question. Say your name, your age, a bit about yourself and ask me your question. And send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk so I can hear your questions and hopefully answer them soon. Also, remember to enter the competition to win a two-can box. You just need to do an impression of a crab clicking its claws and send it in to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk. If you like the show, please rate it, please review it, and please send it to all your friends. We've got Instagram at everythingunderthesunpod and Twitter at everythinguts, so check those out. I hope you all have a lovely, lovely week.